Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Bills and Bengals met in Cincinnati to prove which team really has a handle on where they want to go in 2023. The Cowboys had a chance to impress against the Eagles, and Patrick Mahomes is trying to do too much. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. For the first few weeks of the NFL season, it was easy to just say, look, Joe Burrow is not healthy, and so the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to look like the Cincinnati Bengals. Over the last few weeks, they are not just winning, but winning impressively. This time in prime time against the Buffalo Bills, a 24-18 to win. Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals joins me now. And Jake, this is a team now that in successive weeks has beaten the 49ers and the Bills. We can throw in the Seahawks too if we want to throw that in here as well. I know it's more complicated than just Joe Burrow is healthy and so they're a lot better when he's healthy, but um, how much more complicated is it really? Like last time we talked, Peter, I think it's not significantly more complicated there are some other things going on the secondary has kind of figured some things out they're evolving a little bit on defense they've played some better offenses they've had some good results against those good offenses as Lou Anarumo's defenses often do but largely on the offensive side of the ball especially it comes down to the way Joe Burrow is playing again making plays outside of structure like we saw him do against the 49ers and this is the third straight week for the Bengals scoring touchdowns on their first two drives of the game, fourth straight week getting points on their first two drives of the game. So they figured out some stuff in their scripted drives in particular as well. And that hasn't been all with a fully apparent healthy Joe Burrow. They're still managing the calf injury, of course, on the sideline throughout games. And this was the coldest weather game they played in. So they were doing that management in this game as well. But they, they have figured some things out on offense in addition to Joe Burrow being healthier which helps them to figure things out on offense, right? When your quarterback can move and can plant, it obviously goes a long way. And, and they even compared the footwork in Sunday night football to early season versus tonight for Burrow. And, and the footwork just in dropbacks and the way he's planting is night and day as well. The last three games, I, I mentioned the Seahawks with the 49ers and the Bills, 13 points, 17 points, and 18 points allowed. And that's against three of the most explosive offenses we have in the league. We know Lou Anarumo is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. We've seen them have to rely on their defenses in big games before to come through. But it does seem like we're, we're maybe not talking enough about how good this defense has been, at least lately, and what that could mean for their potential playoff chances. Yeah, they seem to come up big in big games. That's the biggest part of it. They do have some inconsistencies sprinkled in, but again, you look tonight, plus two in turnovers, including one red zone takeaway yep. where Jermaine Pratt punches a ball out. They also get Josh Allen to throw a pretty terrible interception early where there's nobody to hold Cam Taylor Britt in the flat and cover two, and he's able to drift under the throw and take it away. Pretty similar, actually, to Cam Taylor Britt's interception 
against Josh Allen in terms of the way it came together in the playoff game last year. Uh, but they're very opportunistic. They, they still have some issues with explosive plays and they have some issues in, in some two minute drill situations. I would say that they put up some resistance and, and they managed to make the bills take a lot of time off the clock, but the finishing wasn't there until the very, very end of this game for the Bengals. It truly came down to, they needed that extra first down at the end of the game where if they just don't have the penalties at the end of the first half and they're able to kick a field goal or go down and, and score a touchdown, then it's not so close to the end of the game. So while things are better and, and certainly the defense deserves a lot of praise for the way that they're able to generate those red zone takeaways and have been able to stand up to teams in the red zone in particular, there's in this game, a lot of points left on the field and honestly, same true for the 49ers. And while these are good teams where you're going to leave some points on the field against good teams, there, there's obviously room for improvement. So, a lot nicer to, to work on those areas for improvement coming off wins. And I'm sure the Bengals will have that mentality after this one. I, I want to look ahead here for a second. The, the Bengals sit at five and three, although currently five and three last in their division somehow with the Steelers and, and the Browns also at five and three, you know, the little tiebreakers that not, we haven't had a lot of head to head matchups in, in the division as of yet, but in two weeks it is Ravens Bengals. As we stand here right now, how do you think Cincy matches up with Baltimore, who, at least for the moment, looks like the best team in the AFC? I think they still match up in a very close game. They played a very close game in week two. That was in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow still wasn't 100%. And they're a Joe Burrow interception in the red zone, which hat tip to Mike McDonald in the play call there, and Gino, Gino Stone, who is playing great football, coming up from a bench position for the Ravens and, and leading the league in interceptions, I believe. The The... Matchup should still be close. Lamar Jackson makes things very difficult, but it's still a division game. Primetime on the road, though, I think that does make things more difficult. That's a Thursday night game in Baltimore in a couple of weeks. So that does add something to it. But if the Bengals want to have a chance of winning the division, they probably need that game. Fun fact, and, and this is a Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic stat that he pointed out earlier today. This is the first time since they redid division alignment that at this point in the season, teams, all teams in the division have been two or more games over 500. First time that's happened in the AFC North this year. Stay up to date all year on the Cincinnati Bengals by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bengals on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Eagles and Cowboys added to their storied rivalry. Before we get to that, it was a wild day at the office for the Minnesota Vikings. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Tonight's matchup, the Chargers and the Jets in the Meadowlands. FanDuel has the Jets three and a half point home dogs. You can also combine bets for an even bigger payout. Combine multiple money lines or create a single game parlay with multiple prop bets. Parlays make the sports watching experience just a little more fun. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Vikings had a turbulent Sunday with the Falcons. Welcome to the Josh Dobbs legacy moment. What's up? It's Luke Braun. I do Locked On Vikings. And the Vikings actually steal a 31-28 win in Atlanta on the road. No Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson, no Christian Derrissaw with a late groin injury late in the week. None of it matters. Jaron Hall looks sharp, goes out with a concussion. Josh Dobbs comes in, throws a couple or has a couple of hideous turnovers, but ends up gutting out an actual win. A lot of credit to the defense, a lot of credit to all of the bit players that managed to step up. KJ Osborne goes out in this one as well. Brandon Powell, Tristan Jackson, major moments everywhere. We got a lot to break down on Locked On Vikings, so make sure you check that out. The Buccaneers and Texans played one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Yes, you heard me right. The Buccaneers and the Texans really did play one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. First off, let me just say this. The biggest takeaway of all, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if you agree or disagree with me. What we saw from not just C.J. Stroud, but from the Houston Texans alone, and not just the players on the field, but even the coaching staff from D'Amico Ryans and even Bobby Slow, who took a lot of heat last week. We witnessed one of the greatest games in franchise history. John, this game was the official coming out party from rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. This game was the official coming out party for rookie wide receiver Tank Dale. This game was the official coming out party for offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. This game was the official coming out party for head coach D'Amico Ryans. I can go on and on and on. And the L.A. Rams and Green Bay Packers played football. Kinda. It was the Packers on a four-game losing streak and the Rams with a backup quarterback, so not exactly the best version of either one of these teams, but for the Packers, this is a game, even with the youngest team in the league, you can't just no-show. You can't just not show up. You can't just roll over for this Rams team that was so banged up. No Matthew Stafford, of course, being the headline, but without a handful of other Frontline players in this game. Yes, Aaron Donald played. Yes, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua played. But even in what is looking more and more like a lost season, you can't build any kind of culture. You can't build any kind of momentum if you lose a game like this. So it's a little bit of a lose-lose in that even though the Packers won and won decisively, their fans are going to go, yes, but it was against a backup quarterback. You should beat up a team with a backup quarterback and just look around the league. There were plenty of other teams playing backup quarterbacks that didn't look so hot. Packers did, and they showed why they have the talent to turn it around this season if they can just stop making mind-numbingly boneheaded plays. Here is another story you need to know. The Philadelphia Eagles had the best record in the NFL heading into this week in the NFL season. And yet it didn't feel quite the same as last year when they were just pulverizing opponents. When you have to come down to the last possession to beat Washington twice in a month. I think that has that effect of making people go, uh, what exactly is going on here? So when 
The Eagles and the Cowboys squared off two of the NFC contenders and the Eagles get a 28 to 23 win. It might change the narrative just a little bit. Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles joins me now. And, and Gino, how much do you think this does put to bed some of the like, are, are we sure they're good conversation? I think the whole thing surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles that really was encapsulated tonight was they can beat you in so many different ways. And Jalen Hurts is once again on an MVP trajectory over mm. his last two games. And the defense, you may look at the numbers and say, Dak had a very good night, which he did. But situationally, they're coming together when it matters. That defensive front steps up time and time and time again. And as cliche as it is, it's a game of inches and one score games in the National Football League. And frankly, the Philadelphia Eagles, they know how to win these football games. It is the most sustainable way to win. Knowing how to beat a team in a second half where you're able to milk the clock, get stops on defense, and score points on offense in draining, excruciating, double-digit play drives to where other teams who aren't as efficient in the red zone as the Eagles were tonight and they were last week, like the Dallas Cowboys were tonight, if you aren't efficient and effective like the Eagles are, who have all this good talent, they're going to make it difficult to beat them. And that's what they did in this football game. And that's what they did against Washington. And that's what they've done against Miami and some good football teams. And they are one of the better teams in football for a reason. You know, I, I, I hear all of your arguments about winning close games and, and knowing how to win and all those things. That being said, in this game, Dallas out first down the Eagles 27 to 20. They outgain the Eagles 406 to 292. And if C.D. Lamb doesn't fumble on the last drive, the Cowboys have a chance to go win the game in that final possession. They give up, what, a 23-yard pass on third and 26 or whatever it was. So. All of that is, I think, true, but you could still make the case if you're a Cowboys fan, okay, there was the, the penalty for, you know, uh, a legal lineman when that lineman reported eligible, all those things. So how do you, how do you see that? Like in a game where Dallas probably should have won, Philly does, how much of that does, gives you pause to be like, okay, th like these two teams are not that far apart. I think that's a great counterpoint. But to your point, how did Dallas finish the game? When they have first and goal, mm. they had a false Calamity start. Of errors is the answer. They take a sack, <laughs> and the Eagles have been in that situation. They were on the wrong end of it against the Jets when everything could go awry. It did, and they were the lesser of the two teams. And stats are great, but stats don't win you football games, right? Scoring points does. And I think. What really matters is the one statistic that the Eagles were bad on all year and they've gotten better and the Cowboys have been bad at all year and they were just about average tonight was red zone efficiency. The yeah. Philadelphia Eagles were able to punch that ball in three out of three times in the red zone. Dallas had their chances. They had calls that they probably would want back. Yeah, penalties are one thing, but when you are out gaining a team and you just can't punch it in, that's on your coaching staff. We talk about that on Lockdown Eagles. Oh, yeah. You have to boil it down to your offensive play caller, the guy designing plays. That's a whole situation that you have to go and break down. 
But for the Eagles to exploit that and come out on top and correct their own woes, that's what you have to take away from it. Stay up to date on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Eagles on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Patrick Mahomes is trying to do too much. No quarterback eclipses Patrick Mahomes. He is undoubtedly the best player in the league today and the unquestioned leader of the Kansas City Chiefs. So why is it that the Locked On Chiefs hosts, Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark, see him trying to do too much? But the thing that that all comes down to is the decision-making process by the quarterback. And we hinted at it earlier in the show, and I want to hit it before we wrap up this show, is especially as it came down to the wire, Matt, there was a decision to throw a deep ball to MVS on third down when you needed nine yards. And I'm going to have to look at the 22 to confirm this, but I believe there were other options that should have been taken there that could have completed that ball. And I think that's what it all comes down to is the opportunity versus just getting the job done. And I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about what that's going to mean down the stretch of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, where are you on that particular play, and, and what do you read as this situation? Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that one was, it works out too. Uh, but, you know, it brings us back to the conversation about how are the Chiefs offensively going to scheme around a lot of the coverages that they continue to see because – you know, if if the if the if the if if they're if they're getting rid of the ball quickly right now, things are usually going pretty well. I mean, we saw that on the first drive. The first drive was all about timing and getting rid of the ball quickly and and not trying to look at alternate reads. It was identifying the hot receiver and finding out who was going to be the best matchup. And Mahomes is great at those decisions and did a great job. And I get it that with the zones that they're facing right now. And some of the coverages, it's getting difficult. It's, and it's difficult for the guys to get open early in the route. So Mahomes is going one, two, three, nobody's open. Then he's going to one, two, three, and his reads again. And it's how far does he get before his internal clock kicks in and he starts taking off? I think what really drives this point home is when you look at the Chiefs team last year, not that different. Juju Smith-Schuster offensively is really the only big difference and it's not as if he is a world beater Juju's a nice player but that's it a nice player you wouldn't expect him to be this big a difference in this Chiefs offense but to have that sort of veteran stabilizing force clearly pays major dividends we're seeing the difference between Patrick Mahomes feeling like he can get to the top of his drop and know where his guys are going to be and not. He has not been as clean, as crisp, as on target, especially from the pocket as we are used to seeing him be this season. He's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still incredible. He is still the master of prestidigitation in ways that no one else in the league can come close to matching. But... The play-to-play -play stuff is just not there right now because you can't rely on Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney and the players that they are having to rely on right now consistently over the course of a season. They're good enough to overcome it. The defense is playing spectacular football. When you're, whenever you're able to score with your defense and you have Patrick Mahomes, you're probably going to win. But they're not head and shoulders above. They're not inevitable in a way that we have seen them be over the last couple of seasons right now. And all of this, this conversation is being had 
after they just had an impressive win where they were leading by two or three scores nearly the entire game on a neutral field against one of the other best teams in the AFC. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. That's how good this Chiefs team can be. They just haven't been this season. And finally, DeMar Hamlin is giving back to Cincinnati. Hamlin's Chasing M's Foundation has announced a new scholarship program, DeMar Hamlin's Cincinnati Heroes Scholarship, that will award scholarships in the name of 10 people who were involved in his care in Cincinnati. The program will support underserved high school and college-bound students who hope to attend greater Cincinnati area private high schools, trade schools, or Cincinnati area universities. It is truly amazing to see how this story has gone since that harrowing night at Paycor Stadium and the amount of good that it is now bringing. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, can the Jets stun the Chargers? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.